0: Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go, with podcasts and live streaming of Primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on RFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Hello and welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life, the program that takes well-being research off the page and into our lives. I'm Dr Denise Quinlan and today we're talking about making well-being change at the whole school level. My guest today is Clive Leach, who works with schools and organizations around the world to build well-being change. Clive's been involved in whole-school well-being change for more than a decade and has worked with leadership teams, staff, students, and parents in more than 15 schools across Asia and Europe. He's also a regular speaker at international conferences, and he has long-standing relationship with some of these schools. So, cue to Clive. We're delighted to have you with us to share your learning and experience. Welcome.
0: Hello, Denise. Lovely to uh, get an opportunity to talk to you.
1: You're in the UK, aren't you?
0: I am, yes, and it's a lovely sunny evening here.
1: Oh, excellent, excellent. Clive, we know you work with a wide cross-section of the school community and that you really are committed to building whole school wellbeing. Tell us a bit about your approach.
0: I think the starting point um, when we're talking about wellbeing generally is that we need buy-in from... The people who are leading the schools. So I think it's often about trying to engage um, initially with the with the school leadership teams, um, and just helping them as professionals to understand what wellbeing is. And I'm saying this from um, the context of my work as an organisational coach, because um, in my work I get to work with executives and leaders from many, many, many different professions. Um, professional people, men and women who are out there, trying to make a difference to their organisations and be the best they can be. And it's really hard. Um, And we all know that. So I think it's a really important point that, you know, we get to 30, we get to 40, we get to 50. um, And actually, life doesn't sometimes get an awful lot easier. Um, So I think a really important starting point is engaging with um, school teachers and school leaders in terms of their own well-being and give them an opportunity to think about, well, actually, what does well-being mean for me? What does it mean for my family? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for my school and my community? Um, and, and, and use that as a really a powerful starting point.
1: Lovely, lovely. And this is what we, we, we hear all the time, isn't it, that it well-being is not a spectator sport. We have to actually get get onto the field ourselves in order to get buy in and think about think about how we go from there. So once you've built buy in, what's the next step? Okay, so once I've sort of got a, an element of buy in, and
0: I say it's, <laughs> whether we build it completely or not all in one go is, is is debatable. But when we get, I think we get school leaders and to get an understanding. My next step would be to try and engage with. as as large a number of people within the school community as possible. Um, So we call it gaining a a common understanding of of well-being. So um, an example would be, you know, having a faculty-wide event or a whole school event, which would include business staff and um, and everybody working in the school, and actually just spell out what well-being means, look at the idea of, Feeling good and functioning well, using the F word, the flourishing word, um, and actually helping people to unpack a little bit about that multi-dimensional approach to well-being, It's really important. Um, and I think what we do is we sort of by developing a more common understanding. The my sort of uh, take on this is, if I had a hundred people to talk to, um, you may get sort of 60 to 70 who would say oh wow this is really interesting and I can see how this relates to me but I'm actually really busy at the moment I've got so many other things I've got to do you may get 10 I think 10 is probably maybe a bit over the top but 10 who are saying now this is a load of rubbish I don't really understand this stuff it's not really to me but there's going to be 15 or 20 people who are going to say wow this is really really good stuff this is something I really want to understand more of um and then it's about sort of we call it harnessing the, the deep the positive deviance you know who are the people who've got the energy who are the people who've got the passion and the commitment and encouraging schools to harness some of that energy to to do some practical things moving forward
1: and so I love that I love the idea of because I know this is Kim Cameron's is it Kim Cameron the positive yep. deviance yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah Dr. Kim, um, yeah. yeah University of Michigan uh, Center for Positive Organizations
1: and, um, and he talks about, you know, we're always in, in organizations, and I think very often in, in schools, we, we're looking for the people who stand out because you're not performing, not doing what we want. And I love yeah. this idea that we've got to find the people who are at the other end of the extreme, who are extraordinary in a good way that's going to support well-being. And I really love the idea that you're harnessing the positive deviance. So these become your well-being champions or your well-being team. And... You talk, I love this idea of harnessing their energy. And what kind of strategies have been helpful in harnessing this positive energy?
0: Okay, so making it real for people. So, so it's, it's about, to, if we look at some of the, the, the key themes around helping people to understand what it means to flourish, Helping people to understand sort of what well-being actually is, Um, looking at the fact there's an evidence base through positive psychology, which is all why we're here. You know, we we know that the science of what makes life worth living, and helping people to understand that there are, you know, there is research, there's ongoing, recent, current research which is demonstrating that we can help to build well-being. Helping people to understand some of the benefits, particularly around resilience and mental toughness. I think I find that really powerful because. You know, I see resilience as a maybe more a more reactive construct, you know, overcoming life's challenges. Life is always going to be difficult. We know that in many, many ways. Um, but mental toughness is that construct around saying, hey, I'm not waiting for challenge. I'm going to go there anyway. I'm going to step out and I'm going to take risks. I'm going to stretch myself. And understanding that, you know, by focusing on our well-being, we, we get greater resilience and mental toughness. Um, and bringing PERMA in. So, you know, people, or your, your audience will be familiar with PERMA. Yeah, and, and, actually, and flourishing.
1: yeah, and some of our yeah. our listeners will have, um, will have will be familiar with the idea of Perma. Others will use um, To Follow a New Zealand model, uh, in yeah. uh, been developed here. Others will be familiar with Five Ways to Wellbeing. So there's lots exactly. of yeah, using right. lots of different models.
0: Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, my, and my point with that was going to be that giving people an understanding of you know, whether it's a Five Ways to Wellbeing or Perma, but then giving them some practical um, activities, interventions they can try for themselves in order to see what works for me. So we look at the idea of character strengths. We look at the idea of uh, developing more positive emotions, obviously developing high-quality connections, all of these different tools and, and tips and, and, and tricks, um, and then see who, who where the buy-in is, and, and then giving people an opportunity to say, hey, I'm doing this already, and I think this is a key thing, is giving schools an opportunity to understand that a lot of what they are trying to do and a lot of what they are doing is already having a powerful impact on well-being, yep. um, and, and we can provide a bit of an evidence base to support some of that work. But what are some of the gaps, and what can we do more of, and, and what can we get people excited about? Um, and then, then giving people an opportunity to go off and actually start to do some tangible interventions within their community. Um, that, that's an important part of it.
1: And Clive, I love, I love that you say, um, you know, what people are already doing, because I think, I think for, for me that's been an important part of buy-in, that we, we acknowledge the good work that's already happening in schools. We're not trying yeah. to, to say we're the, the great new thing. We're people who provide strategies and interventions, some of which they've been doing for a long time.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I always say to them, I'm, I'm not here to teach you to suck eggs. You know, that, that yeah. what I'm here to do is to give you an opportunity to say, well, actually, these are things we are currently doing already. There's an evidence base that supports them. If We can do more of them. Um, and maybe there are some things that we, we're not yet doing or things that we could do more strategically. And I think that comes on to my, my next point, I guess, is around, you know, we look at we're harnessing some of the energy that's that's within school communities from wherever that might come. So it could come from parents, it could come from staff, it could come from students or, you know, within the leadership team of schools as, as well, obviously, um, get something happening. You know, um, I know that there's talk often about, you know, it must be done strategically. And of course, in parallel with getting on and doing something, I think obviously the other part of the approach is to help schools to think about what does this mean for our community strategically. Where are we now? Where do we want to be? How are we going to get there? But if you wait for the strategy, you're not going to get any work done. And so I really do think it's important sometimes that we schools need to be brave enough to allow people to run with something, to give something a go, um, and we can learn. You know, and we, and we learn from that. We learn about what what works in that context, and, and sometimes what what hasn't worked, and we have to. Uh, review it and and do it again differently
1: i love this that the the idea that yes you may have this is kind of a many-headed beast and you while you may have somebody at the top thinking about strategy if you have people that are bursting with energy to go and do something and really believe it needs to happen let them Mm. do it Yeah. yeah
0: i think so i really think you've got to go go with that yep
1: in some of the schools you've worked with, what have been some of the, the things people have had lots of energy and have been bursting to do? What kind of things?
0: Oh, gosh. <clears throat> well, um, certainly work around the five ways to well-being, which you mentioned. I'm one of the schools I've worked with in Taipei, um, very, we, we did some of the leadership team initially. Um, then I went back and we did some work with the whole faculty. Um, and very quickly, the five ways to well-being just seemed for them to be the right fit for their community and they um, then took that on board as a theme which they now embedded across all of their school activity pastoral support um, within the academic curriculum Um, they do whole theme days throughout the year based on the five ways to well-being. Um, and within that, they have a particular focus on character development. So the, the values and action character strengths in that particular school have taken on a life of their own, really. They've done some amazing work. Um, every student has their character strengths on display. Every teacher has their character strengths on display. They badges. They have signs up in rooms. They, they do a uh, big, big event every year for World Character Day, and they bring the whole school together um, to look at, look at their, their collective strengths. Um, so that would be a, a really nice example of where they've, they've taken that particular theme and said, "How do we bring that to life within our particular, with our particular school?" Um, others have used uh, more coaching style approaches where they've decided it's the the quality of the relationships and the conversations between students and teachers, between peers, between sort of teachers and teachers, between leaders and teachers. Um, that are key and therefore they focused on how they build more high-quality connections in their school through coaching. Um, So that's been another particular approach that some schools have taken.
1: And I'm just going to add in there for listeners who don't know, high-quality connections, that's the work of Jane Dutton, again from Michigan Mm -hmm. and Pazorg School. Um, And I, I love this idea that it is that, that organizations change because of the, the high quality, you know, we build psychological capital, we build social capital when we have high quality connections. And, and I think that fits really well in an education context where we know that um, the relationships are, are, the, you know, are so important for engagement and, and predict engagement and learning. That's a lovely thing for a school to take on, to say, this is really what we're going to build. How long have they been doing that and what have you seen as a result?
0: Developing a, a coaching culture in a school is something which mm-hmm. is it was extremely difficult to do um, in terms of getting a consistent approach. But certainly schools I work with that have, have adopted more coaching style conversations have seen you know, marked improvements in terms of relationships within, the, within the schools, um, between the different, different groups. Um, Higher levels of trust, um, certainly students being far more willing to engage with their teachers and pastoral support around challenges. So, not waiting till things get to a crisis point, having opportunities, and it's just interesting. And when we hear the idea that actually, when some of the schools have introduced the idea of um of coaching conversations between uh, the teachers and the students, that students are, are more uh, quick to report when they are feeling anxious or feeling stressed or feeling undermined in some way which sets alarm bells off initially but then people are recognizing what we're doing here is we're hearing about things sooner therefore we can hopefully prevent things going into a position where it's going to become more difficult to manage later on so it's more about the early intervention um, impact
1: and so what of what was in that school where they they decided they wanted to focus on a, a coaching culture? What were how to tell us a little bit more about that? How they started off, um, you know, and what what way they introduced it?
0: Okay, so in that particular school, we started off with the leadership team um, being coached, so uh, having an opportunity to experience coaching for themselves, um, and that coaching focused on their. Uh, Strengths use and their well-being were the two key things that um, sort of underpinned that coaching intervention. Um, we then provided opportunities for staff to ha- be introduced to coaching conversations in terms of some of the faculty, faculty-wide faculty events. Um, and they were given a, a basic model that they could use to into conversations when they thought it was appropriate, when they felt actually you know, we could sense a conversation is going into a, a, a problem-focused mode. Let's turn it into something which is more solution-focused. Um, and then we ended up uh, identifying a number of key staff who um, attended a two-day uh, program on coaching skills. Um, not you know not to become qualified, fully trained coaches, but having a, a more intense approach
1: in terms of thinking about planning how you know the strategy and planning i love this idea from you that at the top level there can be strategy and planning and that there's also room for emergent um emergent activity based on interest and enthusiasm so but tell tell me about how you talk to schools around developing their strategy and planning
0: okay so so i think well the sort of the 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 process part if you like would be okay start with the common understanding and and try and get that buy-in get the harness the energy and give people an opportunity to get out there and experience it and to, to actually, to actually do things, um, and, and, and share some of that good practice. And then in parallel with that, what I would, what I would be doing or what I have been doing is working with school leaders, with people like heads of faculty, heads of year, you know, those, the, 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 wellbeing leads in the school, yeah. um, around actually saying, well, what, what does this all mean for you in, in terms of your organization? what, 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 what works, what doesn't. And I think this is an interesting point about language. You know, we talk about positive psychology and we talk about positive education. And some, some organizations and schools don't really want to do positive psychology. They don't want to do positive education. Yeah. So it's what does it mean for them? So and I've got three examples um, from the more strategic approach that I thought I'd share with you. Um, one is I've touched on already where a school said, right, we, we love the five ways to well-being. Um, and when I say we, I mean, this is a collective oh, school, we, yeah. particularly as a school. Um, and we would like to base our well-being strategy on, on the five ways to well-being. So how we connect, how we're active, how we take notice, how we keep learning, how we give. And have found all sorts of exciting ways to weave these themes through their school day and their, through their school year. Another school have adopted an approach which is beautiful. It's just called Engage, Relate and Shine. And they've chosen three themes. So one is around how we um, engage in terms of our, our strengths use and our activity and how we participate. Uh, relate is obviously about how we relate to each other and our relationships. And to shine is about how we shine from the inside out, how we look after our, ourselves, our, our physical well-being and our mental well-being so we can be the best that we can be. Yeah. Um, so, and, that's and then another school have adopted um, – people, process and place as their three things. So the people is about how do we work on our relationships in school. Process is about how do we make sure the processes we follow don't undermine our well-being. So many people will say, well, on the one hand, you want me to, you know, go out there and get my character strengths. On the other hand, then you tell me I've got no time to do anything with them. I mean, so the, it's getting the process right. And the place relates to the environment. How are we actually creating an environment within our school? that allows people to be well and to interact in ways that we would want. So, you know, so and, and, and there would be examples of high-level, you know, high-level strategy yeah. um, and, 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 and particular themes. And what they would then obviously do is look at, you know, what are we doing already? What can we what can we do to add value to, to these themes? Um, and, and, again, and the challenge is, you know, are we able to show any difference? Can we actually show it? Can, can we measure, which is always the hard one.
1: And um, I love you know sometimes when people think strategy, they think fifty page document bound. I love yeah. that what you 're describing are the the things that the, in, in in New Zealand we would often say the copapa, Papa the, the purpose um, it 's really what are we about and it 's connected you know they're, they're, it 's it's short and sharp, and everyone knows what it means, so you can actually implement it
0: yeah. Yeah, and 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 a key thing with 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 these also is how far the students buy into it. The students, this is about you know. Again, we're not doing well-being to the students. It's not something positive education isn't something we just do to them. It's how we engage the students in these as well.
1: So, in the schools that you're in, that you've just described that are that are following these three strategies or themes, um, have has it been? We've got really clear on our theme and then we're more willing to follow an emergent process.
0: Yeah, so, so it's about, yeah, so, so what, what, we, what these schools have been doing is engaging their students in the conversation about what does this look like? I mean, how do we, so, yeah, so strategically the school will be saying, right, well, we want the five ways to our being as a theme, we want engaged, related, shine how now do we start to encourage students to take some leadership in terms of what does this mean for you? Yeah. Um, you know, the faculty, I mean, there'll be wellbeing champions who have some responsibility for supporting the, the faculty. There's obviously teachers supporting students. And then what does, what does the student community make of these themes as well? Yeah. And then, of course, parents is another big one, is for how, how we engage parents in this process. Um,
1: um, what have you seen has been most successful in engaging parents and involving them?
0: Well um, so one example would be in in, in Bis Pushi, which is the British International School yeah. in Pushi in Shanghai. Um, now that was a lovely example there where um, one of the parents who happened to be the, the PA of the head teacher, but she came along to one of the parent workshops, which was an introductory workshop for parents on. Well-being and flourishing young people, and talking about you know trying to get this common understanding. And as a positive deviant, you know she went back to the head teacher and said, "I want to do something for this community. What can I? What can I do over and beyond her her role?" And um, this lovely lady called Sue Smith led a, a project for parents looking at uh, character strengths, mindfulness, and coaching for the parent community at the school. Um, this is probably back in two thousand and fourteen. Um, 15. Um, as soon as moved on since, I mean, you know, I'll probably talk about it a bit more later, but the, the, the international school community can be quite transient, um, yeah. but, but that work is still, the, the support with the parents is still going on. You know, the, 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 the work is, is, is still happening. Um, so it's about making it real for parents. And some of the feedback from the parents who were involved in the initial pilot programs is very powerful in terms of how participating in the program had actually supported very much their own well being but actually help them to then think about their families and their their children Um, and we're we're better better able to help other parents because parents um, are are a very important resource for each other as well.
1: Oh, hugely. And I love, um, you know, I I think for... Schools have different challenges around engaging with parents. There are some who want to be there all the time, and there are others that don't want to come near the place. So, depending yeah, on the yeah. kind of school you are, you have different challenges. Um, mm-hmm. But we know that the vast majority of parents really want the best for their kids and want to do to be able to do something to help. So, I love the idea of equipping them with with mindfulness, character strengths, and coaching. Especially, yeah. I, I think. Um, I'm thinking of the work of people like John Gottman and how to raise an emotionally intelligent child and, and the whole idea that we want to earn our children's trust, not their fear. Um, yeah. I think a coaching model sits beautifully there.
0: And that peer support, you know, one of, one of the biggest challenges, I think, with you know, parents is their own well-being. And they're often yes. facing very similar challenges to young people and actually giving them the space to have some support as well is important.
1: If you could only do one thing for the rest of your life to support well-being, what would it be? I think it
0: would be helping people to be more grateful, practicing gratitude, taking a step back and reflecting on what they have rather than what they haven't got, I think is really important. I'm very privileged in the work that I do. And it was interesting, I was talking to somebody just yesterday saying that I spent 20 years of my career working with communities who one would call disadvantaged in many ways socio-economically deprived, people coming from all over the world into the London melting pot. And so I worked for 20 years in that capacity. And today I work with many, many people who are at the other extreme in terms of what they have and the opportunities they have in the world. And I think, you know, understanding that ability to get perspective and to take have a sense of gratitude is really important and a message that I continually try to share with people.
1: Lovely. And for you personally, what's your go-to strategy for boosting your own well-being when you feel frustrated or down?
0: Um, My most recent one, which I found extremely useful and beneficial, is self-compassion. We all doubt ourselves. I think we all have our days when we beat ourselves up and we would say things to ourselves we'd never say to anybody else ever. And um, I was fortunate to hear both Barbara Fredrickson and Christian Neff talking about self-compassion. And so that's something which I've personally been exploring recently. Um, and I found it very beneficial, and, uh, and I continue to apply that
1: in my own life. Lovely. And I know one of the things that I'm, I love about it that I always want to share with people is that when we practice self-compassion, some people fear that it's going to be we're letting ourselves off the hook. But what we know is that when we practice self-compassion and we are kinder to ourselves, it actually encourages greater striving, greater perseverance, and actually, in the long run, greater achievement. Because we're, we're not spending so much time beating ourselves up and there's more time available to actually go, oh, what can I do next time?
0: And that's what I love about the idea of, you know, the idea of well-being and engagement. You know, we look at that, you know, getting, getting the, the balance right, having high levels of well-being, having high levels of engagement, which we want to get into that space. But that leads to high levels of performance in terms of whatever whatever it is we're trying to achieve. So I think that,
1: that relationship's really important. Clive, thank you so much for talking to us today. Really been great. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to Bringing Wellbeing to Life on RFM Dunedin. If you'd like to learn more, our book, The Educator's Guide to Whole School Wellbeing is available from nziwr.co.nz from early 2020. You can also listen to a podcast of this show on oar.org.nz, on nziwr.co.nz. And you can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan. Thank you for listening. This program has been brought to you by the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience. For more information on how schools, communities and workplaces can grow their well-being and resilience, go to nziwr.co.nz.
0: Take RFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and live streaming of primo local content. Download the Access Internet Radio app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.